I've got one wife and two children. Is that all right? Okay. Right. So, um, so, but now we live in the UK. And about seven years ago, God spoke to us and asked us to move to the UK. On Steve and Heather's um, invitation. And it has been absolute pleasure. We live in a city called Birmingham where we moved about seven or eight months ago. And one of the reasons why we feel God sent us there is because of the diversity in the city. In fact, according to the census which was taken in 2021, Birmingham is one of the super diverse cities, first super diverse cities. Where people from ethnic minorities, people who have moved from different nations into the city, make up more than 50% of the population of the city. And to some in that place, that comes like, oh no. But for the church of Jesus, that is good news. That is good news. Because God is a God of nations. When we were singing this morning, we were singing to the God of the nations. And to be there in Birmingham is, is such, a, such a great time. By now you might have by now you might have gathered that I have been asked to share with you this morning on our value of being intentional about diversity. So grab your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Here Paul is writing to the Christians in Ephesus. And encouraging them. But hey. There was a time when we were all sailing in the same boat. We were far away from God. We were far away from our maker. We did not know our left hand from our right hand. But even though we were far, far away from him, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, who came and brought us back to our maker. And it is because of him that we call today the maker of the whole universe our father. Our father. So he is rich in mercy and abounding in love. 
and he reconciled us back to God. But he also but he also does something else. He reconciles us back to each other. And he makes us one. And that's when Paul writes this. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13 onwards. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Paul here was writing to the Greeks and the Jews who were in Ephesus. And they were saying, now you're one in Christ. How did that happen? Verse 15, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ceremonies or ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross thereby killing the hostility and he came, he as in Jesus, and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through, for through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you and me are no longer strangers and aliens. But we are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Amen. Amen. These are exciting times that we are living in. I don't know what comes into your mind when you think of church. But I believe that we as people of God are being called to a diverse community of followers of Jesus. So that we put the beauty of God on display. To be a diverse community of followers of Jesus putting on display the beauty of God. And from the passage that we read today, I have three quick things to share. We are called to be a new kind of people, number one. 
We are called to be deeply interconnected, to be the household of God. And we are being called to display the beauty of God. Let's look at the first one. Called to be a new kind of people. How does that happen? It happens because of the gospel of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, those who were far away from God can now come close to God because of Jesus, because of what he has done for us. And this is where we start in Jesus. Paul knew the diversity in the place that he was he was talking to people with. There were Jews in the congregation. There were Greeks. There were masters in the congregation. And there were slaves. And in our context today, how does that translate? That translates some, somewhat like this. We have poor in our midst and we have rich in our midst. We have the blacks and the whites and the browns. We have the Basutu people, the Khosa, is that right? Khosa? The Zulu speaking people. And here is something. We have those who follow Jesus, but we also have those who are Muslims. Those who are Hindus. In fact, every person in the class of humanity is what Jesus came for. Yeah. He did not come for one particular sect or people group. He came for the whole humanity. Why? Because each one of us sitting over here and outside of these doors needs a savior. We need a savior. We can't save ourselves. The Bible is very clear. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We can't, we can't work this out on ourselves. You know the story. God put a creative diversity on display for Adam and Eve. And God said, I have made all of this for you. Go and enjoy. All of this is for you. But... Don't eat from this tree. Because as soon as you eat from this tree, you will die. But Adam and Eve, as you know the story, they walked to the tree. They ate from the tree. And sin came into the world. And from that time on, to up until now and, and the days to come, every single human born on the face of the earth is, is born with this bent away from God. In our natural, we don't go to God, we go away from God. I mean, you don't need massive theology to understand that. Leave two, leave two children in a room with one toy. 
They won't naturally start, oh, I will share this with you. They will fight for it. It's not something that is natural in us. The sharing bit. There's a bent away from God. But then in that helplessness to save ourselves, God did not leave us in that. He sent his son. He said, I'm going to come and then take that away from you. Everything that keeps you away from your maker. Every guilt, every shame, everything that you feel like this is not taking me to God, but away from him. I'm going to take that away and bring you back to your maker and reconcile you with your maker. And while he was doing that, he was reconciling us with each other as well. And we as a church, we as God's people, are made one in our hearts and in our minds. Why? Because of Jesus. Going back to our roots. That's our roots. That is who we are in Christ. Made one in Jesus. And because of this Jesus, Paul could preach this message that this wall of hostility has been taken away from you both, Jews and Greeks. He loves us because he loves us because he loves us. And there is nothing now because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection that can separate us from God. You might be sitting over here today thinking, there is nothing that can separate me now. No. Because Jesus' work on the cross was complete and enough. When he said it is finished, it was finished. There is absolutely nothing that we can add to his work or take away from his work. Because it is finished. And we come to the Father now as his children. Children of God. Let's rejoice in that. There was one Adam who took us onto the same boat because of sin. But, but there is now this better Adam, Jesus, who makes us one with God and makes us one with each other and gives us his Holy Spirit. When God promised that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, in he giving us his Holy Spirit in his presence, he was fulfilling his promise to us. I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Because as you put your trust in Jesus, my spirit comes and lives and dwells within you. Amen. We live in these times where everything around us almost forces us to believe that 
other things can reconcile us back to God. Ceremonies, traditions, um, positive thinking, sometimes all of these things can confuse us and be bombard us with Hey, you can be reconciled to God through all these things. But then actually only Jesus can. Only Jesus can. For a large part of my early early life, about 26 years of age. I did not believe in this. I did not believe in this because I was taught by a very loving Muslim family that there is only one God, Allah. And Muhammad is his prophet. And just like Muhammad, Jesus also is just a prophet. He is not the son of God. He did not die on the cross for our sins. But there are things to be done so that you can accumulate blessings. So I was giving the, given the laws of Islam to live with. Prayers. Fasting. Giving giving to the poor, having a desire to go where Muhammad was born. And I was very happy living my life like that. Because I was ticking all the boxes. I've done my prayers, I've done my fasting, I've done this, I've done that. And then eventually when I go back to my maker, all my good works and bad works will be weighed. And, and the good is supposed to outweigh the bad. The good is supposed to be more than the bad. But then there were two thoughts that come to mind. Number one, how much good is good enough? How much will I have to keep serving and keep doing because of this master and slave relationship? And number two, the question was, what about my wrongs? What is Allah going to do with them? I, so I was talking to my Arabic teacher one day. Who used to come and teach me Quran. So he came and I asked him, Molana, what about my wrongs? Teacher, what about my wrongs? And he said, Abdullah, don't worry. Allah is merciful. And he will forgive you. And that somehow didn't help me. Because he will forgive me on the basis of what? Because if the basis is me asking forgiveness, that's not going to work. Because here I'm asking forgiveness and there I'm doing the same wrong again. 
The forgiveness will have to come outside of myself. And at that point of time, I didn't know Jesus in that in that sense. I knew Jesus only as a prophet. Anyway, I kept growing and growing and growing. In a non-diverse community where only Muslims used to live. And when this happens, you get really knitted in together with one, with one people group. And almost a sort of a wall is built in front of you. That everything that happens in, on this side of the wall is true. And, and everything that happens on the other side of the wall is false. But God has his own ways of breaking in. And in my life, he used my wife. My wife comes from a Christian background. She was raised as a Christian. And when we met in school, I saw something very different about her. The way that she used to love people around her. There's something about selflessness about her. And that attracted me to her. But then in my selfishness, I said Islam is the best. If we get married, you follow yours, I'll follow mine. But my children will be Muslims. What I was trying to do is, I was trying to get a ticket into heaven. Eventually, she will look at my life and me following Islam and she will, she will embrace it, Islam in that sense. And, and that will be my doorway to heaven. But God had different plans. After, um, after we got married, she wanted to go to a church. And we went to a church and over there he said, hey, next Sunday we are not meeting here, we are going to be meeting somewhere else, we are going for a conference. And that was a conference where when Steve and Heather were coming to India, and they were gathering the churches together, and and talking about the glorious church. When the pastor asked me, do you want to come to this conference? I said, yeah, we, we will come. For two reasons. Number one, I don't want to be coming to church every single Sunday just to be with my wife. I want to figure out if this place is safe enough for my wife to come. And the second reason was, let's go and have fun with these Christians. Let's ask them those difficult questions. Why do you believe in three different gods? Like this and that. So I went that we went there to the conference, my wife and me. And there was a three-day conference at the third day. 
Steve was doing a session on the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And as soon as I heard the name of the session, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. this is way too far of my league. I don't, I don't want anything to do with Holy Spirit and everything. So I, so I told my wife, Nam, you go ahead and I'm going to go back to the room and come back in an hour and pick you up. And after an hour when I came, people were laying hands on each other and praying for one another. And this is how I went there. I was like, What's wrong with these guys? What are they doing? Who laying hands on each other and praying for the Holy Spirit? And there was this lady who came to me and asked me. Did somebody, did somebody pray for you? I said, no, no, nobody prayed for me. And I don't need your prayers. My name is Abdullah Jamal and I'm okay. But, but what would you pray anyway? And she said, we'll pray that God will open your eyes. I said, hey, it's not me, it's you guys who need opening of eyes. You believe in three different gods and everything. <laughs> but I said, go ahead, pray, let's see what happens. In my head, I was thinking, they will pray, nothing will happen. And in that sense, I would have preached Islam to these guys. I said, fine, go ahead, pray. And I stood there as I had seen people standing over there with arms open I said okay I'll stand like this and pray and believe me brothers and sisters as I was standing over there with my arms open my eyes closed I started with sobbing and crying and weeping and I had no idea what was happening to me. Because the more I was trying to stop myself, the heavily I cried. Abdullah, why are you creating a scene over here? Stop. And the more I cried, and in the midst of all of that, a sort of a presentation screen came in front of me. Where all the wrongs that I had done in my life started coming up one by one. Abdullah, this is the wrong that you have done. And I'm going to throw it into trash. Abdullah, this is the wrong that you have done. I'm going to take this wrong from you as far as east is from the west. I mean, now I know that that's Psalm 103, but at that point of time, I had no idea. I'm going to take this wrong away from you forever. And I'm standing over there thinking, I've done my prayers, I've done my fasting, my namaz and this and that. I have never felt anything of this sort before. Who are you who is showing me all these things? 
and in a very clear way i heard a voice in my heart not an audible voice but a clear voice in my heart in my own language urdu mehu isa which means i am jesus thank you lord And when I heard those three words mehu isa i am jesus that was powerful enough true enough glorious enough to give answers to all the questions in my head next day i met with this man in a coffee shop man coffee shop and i was as i was chatting with him and heather the picture that god gave me and the question that i was asking what about my wrongs and the gospel they all came together abdullah you keep asking what about my wrongs This is what I will do with your wrongs because of what Jesus has done. As far as from you as far as east is from the west. And brothers and sisters today as you sit here putting your trust in Jesus. That is the reality on which we stand. That is a solid rock on which we stand that Jesus has done it all. Makes us one with God and one with each other. And as a result of this verse 19 So then you are no longer strangers and aliens but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God So here is the second one By the way my second and third point are not as long as the first one so Secondly we are called to be members of the household. Members of a household. How beautiful it is that in the Bible in the word of god church has not been described as an organization or a factory where people go as simple people and out of a conveyor belt come out, come out as disciples of jesus it's not a manufacturing plant but church is a family church is a body where each member has a role to play as paul writes to the corinthians a hand cannot say to the leg hey i don't need you they are very diverse very different but when they come together they are not known as members only they are known as the body members of a household where there is diversity there is social diversity economically people are different culturally people are different where we eat different food dress differently and 
be together do life differently languages are different and accents are different but diversity is not just about ethnic diversity isn't it there is generational diversity as well there is multi generationalism that comes into picture together together we are a family which is made up of brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers and grandfathers and grandmothers and of course as in every family there are those weird uncles and nagging aunts but that, that does not take away the fact of the family we still are together we still love one another we still receive encouragement from one another another we still support one another and we care for one another and that's family when i when my muslim family came to know about my christian faith my mom my dad they said take this jesus of yours and out of our lives and then those words from jesus became so real to me. Whoever leaves their father and mother and brothers and sisters for my sake will receive a hundredfold not just in the life to come but in this life as well. And when I look around I've got brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers and grandmothers and grandmothers. So church is a family together. There is diversity in temperament, personality. Some are a little shy and some are outgoing. Some are introverts and some are extroverts. Um, they, they, are, they are with people and without people sometimes. Some are go-getters. Come on, go get them. But some are here to hold the fort together. And no one is higher or lower than the other. Again, we are all together. We are different but together. There is diversity of gifts. Some are here leading worship in, in from the front. And some are sitting over there faithfully serving us on the AV team. And we need both. We can't do without each other. We are different but together. So we are all members of one household and are called to deeply connect with one another. And thirdly and lastly, we are called to put on display the beauty of God. In the past few days, I have really enjoyed the night sky. 
The beauty of the stars, it just comes alight in this place. The mountains, the nature around, the serenity, the peace. It's beautiful. But God says, I don't want to display my glory through them. It would have been enough for us to look at the oceans and look at the, the waves, the ebb and the flow, the high tide, the low tide, and that would lead us to glorify God, and it does. But God says, I don't want to, I, I'm not manifesting my glory just through that. We look at the human body. I mean, looking at us, they're like, wow, God, how did you make this? This creative nature of yours, amazing. Imagine if one of the parts of our body would be different. Just in the eye of your mind, think that if the nose would be upside down. You would say that wouldn't be weird because everybody would when people in the world around see and say that, hey, they are not of the same race. They are economically, they look very different. They come from, they come from different national, nations. They wear different clothes. But they are still together. And that baffles them. And it is supposed to baffle them. Because God says, I'm going to put my glory on display, my manifold wisdom on display through the church through you and me and that makes us one new man in Christ that, that brings us together as one new humanity and God is glorified through that and I believe that as we give ourselves to a diverse community of followers of Jesus whether you want it or not you will end up putting on display the beauty of God so let's just be church let's just be that family that God is calling us to be very different very diverse but yet united in Jesus because of what he has done for us and you know what sometimes when we are in our day to day lives it is easy to forget where we are headed towards. Where are we going with this? And in those moments, we need one another to come around and say, hey, this is where we are going. This is where we are going. Revelations chapter 7, verse 9. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude 
that no one could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Worshipping Jesus. Worthy is your name, Lord. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne. And to the Lamb. This is where we are headed. That is where we are going. That is what one day we would be doing. We would be gathering around the throne and saying, Worthy is the God who reconciled us back to our maker and to one another. Let me just pray and then we can maybe respond in worship if that's alright. Yeah, Father Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you Lord that we stand on solid rock. Thank you, Lord, that we stand on your finished work on the cross. Thank you, Lord, that we are one because of what you have done for us. Lord Jesus, as we go about our daily lives, as you send us back into our places, into our families, into our cities, into our nations, into our villages, into our towns, Lord, help us to remember this truth that we are there to put your beauty on display to reveal your glory to your people in Jesus name Amen Amen